Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com as well as rate, review of iTunes. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم أما بعد ما يدرب درس الإسلام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته today إن شاء الله تعالى we'll continue with our uh, Sira sessions and today it is the sixth session of uh, the Sira and mainly we will talk about the attempt of Quraysh to uproot to uproot the da'wah and to stop the message from, uh, of Islam from prevailing. And as usual before we continue, uh, let's just go and do some review so we can connect all uh, topics together inshallah ta'ala. So last time we start talking about and we talked about the three years of what's so called in the Sira books as the secret da'wah. And we did emphasize in this that the da'wah itself and the message of Islam itself, it was not secret. It was known. The people of Quraysh, they knew that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is calling for a new religion, for a new deen. And for them that did not go beyond thinking that this is an individual religion. Meaning what? Meaning that, meaning that this religion that he's calling for, it's only limited to him and maybe to some of his friends and maybe to some of his relatives. It won't go beyond this, like Waraqab bin Nawfal, like other people who used to worship or who used to follow other religions during uh, Mecca time. And we, when we go through the Sirah books and the Sirah narrations, we saw that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam within these three years, he was calling for Islam, and that the secret thing is he was building up a block. He was building up a block of the Sahaba. He was creating an Islamic personalities in which they have the ability and in which they have the strength and the power to go and proclaim and to go and convey the message of Islam. So he built a block that has the following characteristics. It was an ideological block. Ideological block means it was based and built upon aqidah, a creed, in which that aqidah, it has a complete way of life. It has a complete system. So their objective is to change the society of Mecca. So it was not only for certain people. No, it's for the people of Mecca. It's for the whole world, to change the whole world. So therefore, it was a political, it was a political group, a political block. Why? Because as we will see, as we will see from the message of Islam, from the Dawah of Islam, that this Islam and this message is to 
take care of the affairs of the people is to change the way of life of the people as we will see so it was a pure political group so this group after three years our Rasul was very confident in this block it was really it was established intellectually very strong it was solid Islamic personalities they had the will to sacrifice all of their life all of their life in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they are willing to give up their life in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right after these three years a new phase a new phase in the da'wah was introduced a new phase of the da'wah was introduced this second phase we call it it is the public phase which is addressing the people of Mecca publicly calling upon the people of Mecca to add to accept and to embrace this message and to reject the current system that they have the current status that they have before going into this let's just emphasize a little bit of what would be the objective of this phase what would be the objective of this of this phase why we have this phase this phase is which is like public preaching uh, to the people public talk to the people addressing the whole people of Mecca the elites the slaves the ordinary people women men uh, old uh, young uh, kids name them name them what was the public what was what was the the, the purpose why we why our Rasul Sallallahu goes into this into this and uh, in, into this uh, uh, into this phase here our Rasul Sallallahu and the Sahaba or Islam and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted from Muhammad وسلم, to go and create among the people of Mecca what we call it nowadays in politics the public opinion the public opinion means to create among the masses among the publics among the people an idea what's that idea the idea of that the Rabb and the Ilah is one to unite with the concept of Rububiyyah and uluhiya a public opinion about that the idols that are worshipped in mecca are all are nothing but false the 360 idols in mecca this is false the way of life of mecca it was based on a false creed a false creed the relationship between the people it's false the trade relationships it's false the political relationship that was based on tribalism it's always false what is the alternative the alternative is what Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam got through the revelation that is the objective at the end then there will be the what there will be a demand from the people to reject the way of life of Quraysh and to accept and demand the new way of life that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is providing and this cannot happen unless there is an interaction between Muhammad sallallahu and the block of the Sahaba that he created in the three years with the masses to create this public opinion now what would happen of course there is you know a system that exists in Mecca there was a system that exists in Mecca the, the system of Quraysh the system of Abu Jahl the system of Abu Lahab the Jahiliya that was the system of ignorant the Jahiliya now any system any system when they see that there is 
a group of people or one single man is calling for a new way of life, do they, are they going to welcome him or welcome that group? Or they are trying to punish them or to stop them or to prevent them from prevailing? Definitely they will prevent them from prevailing. Any group, any people, anything, the, anyone who wants to, to like, who wants to call for a change, definitely the current system won't like this. They will stop in front of that in different types of uh, torture, different types of pressure, different, uh, different techniques, different tools, different uh, styles to make sure that this message does not get into a level where they can go, they can go and do the change. So they will do, they will, they, they will play the game. Like for example, they will bring you into a compromised position. A compromised position means, okay, let's, let's talk. Let's have a dialogue here. Okay? Uh, what, what do you want? What if, we, what, if we, what if we make you like a prime minister? And just forget about the change of the whole system. What if we make you like a, a member in the parliament? What if, we make like a, what if we make you like a minister? All of these. And then they go through one of the most uh, critical uh, concepts, which is being pragmatic, being realistic. Come on. This reality that we live in, it is impossible to change. We hear this word many times, every day. Every day, especially in the countries, in the places where there's, there is like uh, revolutions and there is a demand to change. There is the concept of pragmatic. Be realistic. We cannot change this reality. We cannot change this status quo. So live with it. Why do you have to change it? There was like 360, 360 idols and salam in Mecca. This cannot be changed. You want to change the elite? You want to change Abu Jahl? You want to make Abu Jahl to step down? That's impossible. You want Al-Walid al-Mughir to step down? That's impossible. You want to change the way of life of Quraysh that's been inherited for like many years? That's impossible. You want to change the regime in, in, in Syria? That's impossible. Bashar al-Assad cannot move away. You cannot move him away. You have to accept the reality as is. You have to go to Geneva too. You have to sit with them. You have to talk. They will provide you with what's called political uh, solution. That is the reality. You have to accept it. What about Islamic State? That's impossible. That you are dreaming. That is impossible. That's radical. That's fundamentalist. Nobody will accept that. The world won't accept that. So it's better for you to what? To accept the idols around Mecca as is. To accept Bashar al-Assad as is. To accept Abdel Fattah al-Sisi in Egypt as is. You cannot change. This is the mentality. This is the mentality of any, this is the mentality of any regime. Ever, ever, every time they face a call to change. From, from the time of Pharaoh and Musa alayhi salam to the time of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam until the day of judgment. Until the day of judgment. So if this compromise doesn't work and if you, and if you like stand firm in your idea, then they will go into another phase, which is what? It could go to a threat. It could go to a, a torture. It could go to like the false propaganda about you and about your message. That's what Quraysh that's what Quraysh did with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When that phase, the interaction with the society of Mecca, when that phase started, that what was, that what, what Quraysh 
was doing with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as we will see. And today we'll go like on some of the styles, some of the styles that Quraysh did with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then we'll continue in the following, uh, in the following uh, sessions. So this is like a brief, like what would be the objective of this phase? The objective of the public uh, uh, talk and, uh, 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 and preaching with the, with the people. So the da'wah stayed like this, okay, until, until uh, the, the block of the Sahaba was ready. Ibn Hisham said in his seerah that Ibn Hisham said people started embracing Islam. He's talking about, you know, the three years and the end of the three years. People started embracing Islam in large groups, men and women, until the talk until the talk about Islam prevailed in Mecca. Fasha. Fasha means prevailed, means everybody is talking about this religion, is talking about this deen, it's talking about, is talking about the, the new religion of Islam that Muhammad sallallahu came up with, or Muhammad sallallahu got through the revelation. Then Allah, then Allah commanded his messenger to, publi, to publicize what he had to call people to Allah's command. After three years of secret preaching, after three years of secret preaching, here we have like different narrations and so on. The first ayah to be revealed in this position, in this position and in this phase is the ayah in Surah Al-Shu'ah, the ayah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَنذِرْ عَشِيرَتَكَ الْأَقْرَبِينَ وَأَنذِرْ and warn your tribe of never of, of near kindred, your relatives, your uncles, your nephews, your, your uncles, your uh, cousins. And be kind to the believers who follow you. So this is this was the first. This was the as most of the the, the, the Sirah book says, this was the beginning of the public phase of the da'wah. And warn your close relatives, your near uh, kindred. Rasulullah okay, he responded to the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he invited, he invited the tribe of Bani Hashim and some of Bani Abdul Muttalib, he invited them to a, to, 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 to a food, to a walima, to a dinner. He called Ali ibn Muttalib and he told him, why didn't you go and bring us, you know, some sort of food, a sheep or something like this. Among those people is the enemy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Abu Lahab, the uncle of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Abu, Nah Abu Lahab, he knows and he knew that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he is calling for a message, for a new message that he doesn't like. Abu Lahab himself, he did not like. So he took the stand of animosity against Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and against his message, as we will see down the road, inshallah ta'ala. So the purpose of this meeting is for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to get a protection. And logically, from where you would go and get the protection? Normally, would you go to your close relatives, your uncles? You would go and ask them to protect you, to guard you, to save you, to, ma uh, to make you, uh, to, 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 to stand with you so you can 
you can convey uh, this, this message. Now, uh, the audience of that group, the, 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 the audience of that group, it was around, around like 45 men. Now Abu Lahab, he knew this, so he wanted to make a mess. He wanted to make sure that Muhammad وسلم, does not get what he's looking for. Does not get what he is looking for. He wants to create a mess, he wants to create a chaos. So the, the, the whole situation come to, to come to a status where Muhammad وسلم, cannot talk. So Abu Lahab, right away, as we you know, call it nowadays, he took the mic. Okay, he took the mic and he started uh, uh, talking and he said, and he addressed Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, these are your uncles and cousins. Speak on to the point. But first of all, you have to go to know, you have to get to know that your kind people are not in a position, are not in a position to withstand all of the Arabs. So we're creating what? He creating a barrier between the da'wah and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the people who might give the protection to our Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So he's telling that, he's telling him, we cannot. You have to understand that we cannot stand against all of those Arabs if you are looking for this protection. So he said, not in a position to withstand all the Arabs. Another point you have to get to bear in mind is that your relatives are sufficient unto you with one condition. They are sufficient to you with one condition. What's this condition? If you follow their tradition. Forget about this message that you are carrying. As if saying, forget about this message. Forget about Islam. Forget about calling for Islamic State. Forget about calling for Khilafah. Forget about calling for a new system in Syria on, on, or in Egypt or, or in, 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 in Egypt or in, 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 in Tunis or anywhere else. Forget this. That cannot, be, that cannot happen. That cannot happen. Nobody will support you. Nobody will be with you. We will help you. We will stand with you if you follow our tradition. Means if you follow the Kufr. If you stay in, the, in Kufr. If you accept the division among the Ummah, you are, you are our friend. If you accept the ruling of Kufr, you are our friend. If you accept the, the status to stay as is in the Ummah, you're good, you're perfect. But do not expect, do not expect that anybody will protect you and support you if you are calling for this message. It will be easier for them than to face the other clans of Quraysh supported by other Arabs. This will be easy on us instead of, because he realized, Abu Lahab himself, he realized that this message, the message of Islam, he realized, even though it was still in the three years, he realized that this message of Islam, it's not for individual himself, Abu Jahl, Abu Lahab, I mean, he knew this. He knew that it was not. So he knew that this message of Islam is to take their position is to take their position and to overthrow their regime. So he told him, listen, we cannot stand against all of those Arabs. Verily, I had never, look at this, this is the worst, I had never heard of anyone who has incurred more harm to his kind people than you. Nobody brought this shameful message on his people. It was harmful 
more than what you are bringing. Of course, now the whole situation, the people are listening. Of course, they took the indication that, oh, if we follow Muhammad, then what? Then the Quraysh, Muhammad then Quraysh and other tribes will be against us. That means what? We won't have the ability, we won't have the ability to go and fight them back and stand with Muhammad Now, did Muhammad give up? He did not. Rasul he was smart. He looked at the situation and he realized if he talks, the mess might be increased. He won't get what he's looking for. He won't, look, he won't get what he's looking for. So Rasul he invited them one more time. Again, to a food. And then Abu Lahab was there. Abu Lahab was there. So Rasul invited them in another meeting and they came. And at that moment, at that moment, Rasul right away, he took the mic and he did not give the chance to Abu Lahab to go and intervene and create the same mess. And he said, okay, I celebrate Allah's praise. I seek his help. I believe in him. I put my trust in him. He's addressing the people. I bear witness that there is no God to be worshipped but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with no associate. And he said, a leader, a guide, never lie to his people. He's addressing himself as what? As a leader, as a guide. A guide who is bringing the guidance to rescue the people from hellfire, to change the life of the people into this miserable life that they live in in Mecca, to the light of Islam. A guide or the leader never lie to his people. I swear by Allah, there is no good but he, that I have been sent as a messenger to you, in particular, and to all people in general. I swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will die just as you sleep, and you will come back just as you wake up. You will be called to account, to be accountable for your deeds. It is then either hell forever or paradise and Jannah forever. So, Rasul he addressed the people with this message, clearly warning them, fulfilling the commands that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him, all right? And he did not, you know, again, give the chance to Abu Lahab to intervene. Now, Abu Lahab, Abu Lahab, it's not just, you know, an, a, a character that exists in Mecca and that's it. Abu Lahab, it is a personality that exists in Mecca and in all times until the Day of Judgment. You will see the personality of Abu Lahab exists in every society nowadays, especially in the Muslim world. You will see many of Abu Lahabs, many of Abu Lahabs in Pakistan, in Syria, in Indonesia. You will see many of Abu Lahabs in Tunis. You will see all of those guys everywhere, every time they see people calling for Islam and calling to implement Islam, they will intervene and they will tell, you are going to bring jeopardy on your society. If you, are calling to, 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 if you are calling to implement Islam, that means all the West, 
will be against you. From day one, America will start launching all of these missiles and will start launching all of these missiles and their uh, the airplanes and they will crush, they will crush your town and your countries. So don't ever talk about this. Is it true? It does. It does exist. When somebody comes and starts uh, saying that we need to implement democracy, civil state, all this haram, we can't do it right now. Why? Because if we do it right now, we won't have the chance to build up our state. So let's be nice. Let's be moderate. Let's be moderate. And let's be like, not be fooled and go and implement an Islamic system that will be crushed from next day. This is the personality of Abu Lahab. The personality of Abu Lahab, it was not the only, only that uncle of Rasulullah who tried to prevent Muhammad from reaching the people or later on Abu Lahab, he was even following Muhammad Everywhere he goes and he talks to the people, when Muhammad leaves, he comes and he tells the people, this is a, 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 a mentally ill person, he is my cousin, don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. It happens nowadays. It happens nowadays. People talk about Islam, bringing Islam back as a way of life. Other people, they come and say, that's impossible. We can't do it. If we do it, then we will be under the attack of the East and the West. So, after that, we have now here different narrations where when Muhammad sallallahu took the protection of his uncle Abu Talib. Some of the narration says that he, Abu Talib, gave the protection to our Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam on that meeting. Another narration says it was before this. It was before this. So I will go with, with the narration of Ibn Hisham. Uh, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded our Rasul to, to perform the salah, he used to go into the, the valleys and the mountains of Mecca secretly with Ali ibn Abi Talib. With Ali ibn Abi Talib. One time, Abu Talib, he saw them, the uncle of Rasulullah he saw them praying, and he was, you know, suspicious. And he came and he approached Rasulullah and he told him, Yabna Akhi, oh my nephew, Yabna Akhi, ma What is this religion that you are following? So he realized that Muhammad is doing something, you know, it's completely different than their religion. When they used to pray, they used to go and pray instead of, you know, Hubal or Lad or Izzah or one of those Asnam. But Muhammad he goes away from Mecca to the mountains and to the valleys of Mecca to perform the prayers. So he said, what is this deen that you are calling for? Then Rasul said, Ayyan, O uncle, Hada deenu Allahi, wa deenu malaikatihi, wa deenu rusulihi, wa deenu abina Ibrahim. O uncle, this is the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the deen of the angels, and the deen of all the messengers, and the deen of our father Ibrahim alayhi salam. بَعَثَنِ اللَّهُ بِهِ رَسُولًا إِلَى الْعِبَادِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send me with this deen as a messenger to all mankind. وَأَنْتَ يَا عَمُّ And you, uncle, he addressing his uncle right now. أَحَقُّ مَنْ بُذِلَتْ لَهُ النَّصِيحَةِ You are the one who deserve my advice the most. And you are the one who deserve to call him 
and to invite him to this guidance. And you, uncle, the most who would answer and accept and help and protect me. So this was the response of Rasulullah to his uncle Abu Talib. Then Abu Talib said, Ay ibn Akhi, O my nephew. Look now, the you know, the, the, the imitation, you know, when they imitate and they follow their forefathers, even though they know that this is the deen of the haq, then Abu Talib said, Yabna Akhi, O my nephew. As for me, I cannot. I cannot leave the deen of my forefathers, of my forefathers, or what they were, or what they were worshipping. I can't. For me to to accept your invitation and to to be like uh, to accept and embrace Islam, that's that's that cannot be done. I cannot leave. I cannot leave. The deen of my forefathers. ولكن, but, Wallahi, la yakhlisu ilayka bishayin takrahu ma baqit. But, that, by Allah, nothing harmful will reach you as long as I am alive. So, after this, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he took the protection. Abu Talib, he gave him the protection. He told him that we will put, I will protect you. Go and convey your message. Now, after this, Rasul he went into a wider range. And he wanted, instead of addressing his near kindred, he is going a little bit wider to the tribes of Mecca. So Imam Ibn Ahmad narrated that Rasul uh, he ascended the mount of As-Safa. And he started to call and he said, Wa Sabaha. He stood on the mountain of As-Safa and he said, Wa Sabaha. Wa Sabaha, it's a term in Arabic. When the one is say this one, when he say this word, that means I want to address the people. I need the attention of the people. It was very well known. It was very well known. Wa sabahah means listen up. So everybody close to that area, they start saying, who's this? Then they said, this is Muhammad ibn Abdullah. He wants to address the people. So he said, oh, Bani Thihr. Ya Bani Thihr. Oh, Bani Uday. And these are two sips of Quraysh. Now many people gathered, many people gathered, and those who could not, they sent somebody to report to them. Again, who came there to make them miss? Abu Lahab. Abu Lahab was also present. That personality, it exists at that time and it was there. The Prophet said, when those people gathered and he called, you know, all of those people, then Rasul said, If I were to tell you, now, if I were to tell you that there were some horsemen in the valley and they are planning to attack you, will you believe me? So he wants to remind them about the reputation of Muhammad 
Here, I'm not anyone who's talking to you. I'm talking to you, the man who's, who was known as the most truthful person, the trustworthy person, the one with a great reputation, a man who never lied. And you know that very well, O Quraysh. So he wants to bring that to their attention. I'm not anyone who's talking to you. No, I'm talking to you, a man who was known as a trustworthy, a truthful person. If I tell you that there, there are horse, horsemen by the valley and they want to attack you, would you believe me? They said, yes, we never experienced any lie from you. We never experienced a lie from you. Then he said, I am a warner to you before a severe torment. I am a warner that there is a severe punishment. For this incident, there is many narrations from the hadith. One of the hadith he was talking specifically, telling that to the people, O oh, Bani Talib, rescue yourself from the hellfire. O oh, Bani Hashim, rescue yourself from the hellfire. O oh, Fatima bintu Muhammad, rescue yourself from the hellfire. I am a warner for you. So he is warning them that there will be a severe punishment. There will be a severe punishment. Then of course, the one who wants to, 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 to you know, the one who wants to, to make a chaos and, and to make a mess over there, Abu Lahab, right away he said, Perish you all the day. Abu Lahab is telling Muhammad Perish you all the day. Have you gathered us for this? Have you gathered us for this? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the surah of تبت يدا أبي لهب وتب ما أغنى عنه ماله وما كسب perish the two hands of Abi Lahab as we will see inshallah ta'ala from that moment the ayat and the verses they started coming one after another addressing the way of life of the people addressing their addressing the elites of Quraysh addressing their of the people addressing their gods and their and their and their arbab. Now after this, after this incident, the block of the Sahaba is very strong. Rasulullah he got the protection from Allah Subhanahu uh, from uh, he got the protection from Abu Talib, and he addressed the people and he warned them. After that, another ayah was revealed. That ayah was, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فاصدع بما تؤمر وأعرض عن المشركين Therefore, proclaim openly that which you are commanded which is the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and turn away from the mushrikeen from there, this is the command and this is the order to our Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and to his block to go and call for Islam openly. And to call for Islam, to call for Islam openly, that means to go and call for the aqidah of Islam, for the system of Islam, for the way of life of Islam, means what? means to go and start creating the public opinion. Means what? Means this will be a demand from the people to overthrow the regime of Quraysh and call for your system. 
call for your system. Here there's like different narrations. When this ayah was revealed and how Rasulullah started this. Now, after that, after that, two persons, two people, they embraced Islam. Two people, they embraced Islam. And after that, the, if you say, if you will, the formula a little bit was changed in which the block of the Sahaba gained more power, gained more protection. These two are Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib and three days later, Umar ibn al-Khattab. For the Islam of Umar al-Khattab, there is, I said, different narrations. In the time and in the, you know, in the mechanism how he embraced Islam. Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib, Ibn Hisham said when he came to Mecca, one time he was coming from hunting. One of the uh, servants told him that your cousin being insulted by Abu Jahl. He cursed him, he insulted him, and your cousin never replied to him. Then Abu Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib, he went directly to Abu Jahl. And Abu Jahl was sitting among the elites, with the elites of Quraysh, where? In the place called Nadwa. You can call it, whatever, maybe they call it now the parliament. That was the parliament of Quraysh. That was the government of Quraysh. The system of Quraysh where they talk, where they address, where they, they discuss. So Hamza came over there and he hit Abu Lah Abu Jahl on his head with his ark. And he made a big cut. And he told him, response to me if you can. How would you insult a person? I am following his deen. So of course, Abu Jahl would not respond because he knows who is Hamza. So by the Islam of, Ham of Hamza, the block of the Sahaba gained a lot, of, a lot of power and strength. A power and strength. Three days later, Umar, the narration says, Umar ibn al-Khattab because he was from the tribe of Abu Jahl, Bani Makhzum, and he wanted to take the revenge from who? From Hamza. Why would you go and hit Abu Jahl? Then he goes and you know the story to his uh, sister and he finds Khabbab ibn Arat over there teaching them Islam. When they recited Islam on him, he accepted Islam and he went to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he embraced Islam in front of Rasulullah Then Rasulullah told him, you know what? I made a dua and I said, Allahumma a'izz al-Islam bi-ahad al-Umarayn. Oh Allah, oh Allah, uh, give protection to Islam with one of the two Umars. Amr ibn Hisham, who was, who was Abu Jahl, and or Umar ibn al-Khattab, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to glorify Islam with you, Umar. Now after this, Umar Khattab was sitting with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And until that, the structure of the structure of the block of the Sahaba was still secret. They were still meeting secretly in the mountains of Mecca. Pray secretly. Then Umar was discussing with Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam telling him, are we on the haq? Asked Rasulullah are we on the haq? He said, yes. Aren't they on the bottle? He said, yes. Then he said, why you are hidden? Why you are hidden? Then Rasulullah said, what do you think? He said, I, I give you this recommendation that we have to go 
out and do a tawaf around Al-Kaaba. So after that, the Sahaba came out in two lines. Two lines. One was led by Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib and one was led with Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala anhu and they marched in the streets of Mecca doing the takbir and the tahleel and then they did the tawaf. This organization, this organization, it's completely new to Quraysh. They never seen this in their life. They, they, they never seen this in, in, uh, in, in, in their life. So they start questioning, what's this? What's going on? It looks like that this message of, 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 uh, of Islam, it's, it's, very, it's very serious. As we said at the beginning, they thought this is just for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But when the ayat started, when the, when the ayat started coming, cursing their way of life, cursing their, mocking their, their belief, mocking their, you know, their forefathers, they realized, the people of Quraysh, that they realized this is a serious matter and they became very upset very angry, very mad. How should we deal with this? How should we deal with this? So they went back where? To their Nadwa, to the parliament. They gathered over there, talking, discussing. What do we do? How do we stop this Muhammad from, from reaching this, you know, this, uh, this uh, uh, from, from making Islam reaching a level where we cannot stop anymore. Again, brothers, what we are talking about right now, which happens like more than 1400 years ago, it happens every day, specifically today. Specifically today. I always bring the issue of Syria because it's a life example. It's a life example. A life example where when they go on the street of Syria, they see people calling for Islam. They see people calling for Islamic State. How do we deal with those people? We created so many allies. We created so many councils. All of them they failed. None of them they succeed. Last week, one, a member of the, a member of the, 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 the coalitions, uh, of, of the, the uh, you know, the, one of those uh, assemblies of, of, uh, of Syria, he's a member. He said clearly, he said clearly, we do not have the word. We cannot have, we don't have a say on the people on the ground. So nobody really represent the people of Syria to go to Geneva too. We cannot represent them because we don't have a say on them. This makes the elites and the people in all, of, all over the world to sit down and talk what is going on in Syria. As Quraysh said, did, what is going on with the group of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? How do we stop this? How do we stop the people of Syria? How do we make sure that the people in Tunis, for example, do not come again in a revolution and start calling for Islam? How do we stop the people of Egypt, for example, to stop calling for Islam? How can we prevent any attempt in Turkey, in Pakistan, anywhere from calling for Islam? Thinking and thinking and thinking, daily activity. This is what was Quraysh doing with, with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the people of Quraysh, they set up a plan. 
They set up a plans. And they have, of course, these plans is what to attempt. These are all attempts to stop. So the first one, if you will, if you want to call it the peaceful approach. What do we do? Let's see. Who is protecting Muhammad sallallahu Abu Talib. Who is Abu Talib? Abu Talib is one of the most honorable men in Quraysh and he is still in his deen and he doesn't want to leave the deen of his forefathers. So what do we do? Let's send to him a delegation to go and talk to Abu Talib. Okay, since he is the, he is the protection of Muhammad to stop him. So they sent a delegation from who? Abu Sufyan, Al-Walid ibn Mughira, Abu Jahl, Utbah, the elites, the big guys, the government, the ministers of Quraysh. They went and they sat with Abu Talib and they said, Oh Abu Talib, your nephew curses our God, our gods, finds faults with our way of life, mocks at our religion and degrades our forefathers. So they are talking to Abu Talib from the angle that might even get him upset because he's still on the deen of his, of his forefathers. So they're telling him, your nephew is, he's cursing your way of life. He's cursing, he's cursing our, 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 he's cursing our thoughts, our existence, our values, which is your values. Either you must stop him or you must let us get at him. You have one of these two choices. For you, for you are in the same position as we are in the opposition of him. Me, the, the elites of Quraysh and Abu Talib, they are in the same position. They are in the same position towards this message and towards Islam. The same thing, Russia, America, uh, China, uh, the West and the East, they are in the same position when it comes to, Islam, to the Islamic revolutions. They are in the same positions. And of course, the rulers of the Arab and non-Arabs, the rulers of Pakistan, the rulers of Jordan, the rulers of, uh, of, of other countries, we are in the same position towards this, towards this message, towards Islam. The same thing with, with, uh, uh, with Quraysh. So they said we are on the same, you know, Stand, and we will rid you of him. Then Abu Talib gave them some nice words, calmed, calmed them down in a polite reply. Did Muhammad give up? Did Muhammad come and say, well, it's, it's, getting, it's, getting, it's getting very, very bad, let me just, you know, maybe change my tone a little bit? Let's not talk about their gods. Let's not talk about capitalism. Let's not talk about their way of life. Let's not talk about democracy. Let's not talk about socialism. Forget this a little bit. No, he did not. The seerah the seera says the wahi became very hot. Very hot in revelation. Very hot in addressing their way of life. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّكُمْ وَمَا تَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ حَصَبُ جَهَنَّمْ أَنْتُمْ لَهَا وَارِدُونَ You and whatever you worship, rather than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are the fuel of Jahannam. Look how strong. And he goes and he recites these ayat. He recites these, these ayat on the people. 
ويل للمطففين ويل punishment for those who cheat in trades وإذا الموؤودة سئلة سئلت when the buried girl is asked why she is buried alive all of these very heavy and not that only no talks about the elites تبت يدا أبي لهب من وتب عتل بعد ذلك زنيم about about الوليد بن المغيرة as we will see later on that الوليد بن المغيرة this guy this if you will he is the prime minister maybe of of Quraysh or he is the the king of Quraysh he is nothing but a son of zina عتل بعد ذلك strong that makes Quraysh go crazy that then Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم did not stop he continues with the message as Ibn Hisham says he continues with his message he continues with his message until people of Quraysh they went into another attempt another attempt to stop this message and this attempt it was a delegation but with what? with a threat it's a delegation with a threat they went back to the protection Abu Talib and they were like more upset, more angry. And they said, Oh Abu Talib, you have a high and noble position among us. We agree with this. We don't have problem with this. You are honorable man. And we have requested you to seize your nephews at, but have not done so. We asked you. We did not stop him. He did not stop. By Allah, we cannot bear that. Our forefathers being cursed, our way of life being mocked, and our gods being insulted until you rid us from him. Or what? This or what? Or we will fight both of you. Or we will fight both of you until one side perishes. And then one side you know, dies or gone. That is a real threat. That impacted Abu Talib a little bit. So they are pushing hard and a pressure on who? On the relatives. That exists nowadays, brothers. Wallahi, that exists. If anyone who is involved in da'wah, what they do? They go to his parents or his brothers. They tell him, your son, he is carrying, he is carrying dangerous ideas. If you do not stop him, he will be in jail. He might be executed. He might lose his job. Not that only. More. They would go and arrest his relatives, his sisters, his father. Why is that? To make sure that to put a pressure to prevent the message from prevailing. From prevailing. Then Abu Talib, he called his nephew. Look now at the response of the Rasulullah. He made it clear cut without any doubts. He said, Oh nephew, your people they came and they told me what what they told him. Then he said, Take it easy. Protect me, preserve me, keep me and yourself. وَلَا تُحَمِّلْنِي مِنَ الْأَمْرِ مَا لَا أُطِيقُ Do not overwhelming me with something that I cannot fulfill. Look, now it was maybe 
one of the toughest position to our Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَظَنَّ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ أَنَّهُ قَدْ بَدَلِ عَمِّهِ فِيهِ أَنَّهُ خَاذِلُهُ وَمُسَلِّمُهُ Then Rasulullah thought that what? That Abu Talib won't protect him again and he will surrender him. Then here's the clear response that has no doubt that that does not really, you know, that does not really bother me. Then he said, Wallahi, he said, Ya Ammu, O oh, Uncle, O oh, Uncle, Wallahi, Law Wada'u Shamsa fi Yamini, Wal Kamara fi Yasari, Ala an Atrukahad al Amr, Hatta Yudhirahullah, O Ahlakafihi, Mataraktu, O Uncle, by Allah. By, uh, this is a big challenge to the, all, to the whole community of Quraysh. Telling them, do not bother from stopping this message. This message will never stop. He said, if you bring the sun and put it in my right, in my hand, right hand side, and you bring the moon and you put it in my left hand side, would they do that? They will never do that. He says, even if you can. That means what? That means, forget it. Even if... You can bring the sun in my right hand and the moon in my left hand to leave this message. I will not leave this message until it prevails or I will die in attempt, in the attempt. In another narration he says, How Then he did like this, or I will die in the cause. Very, very, very strong response do not try this is the way the muslims should act everywhere 24 7 until the day of judgment no matter no matter how much pressure muslims go through to compromise on their deen no matter how much pressure muslims go through to give up their deen to change their deen to stop calling for islam this pressure will never end it will never end and the message of Islam will definitely prevail. That is the, that is the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam cried and he left. Then Abu Talib called him and told him, Aqbil ya ibn akhi. Oh my nephew, come back. Then Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came back and he told him, listen, go forward. Convey the message as you want. Wallahi la usallimuka li shay'in abadan. By Allah, I will not surrender you at all. So this attempt failed. This attempt failed. The final attempt I would talk about today, and then Shatal will continue about the attempts of Quraysh and different styles of, of preventing this. This is also very, very, very interesting. When Quraysh when Quraysh uh, perceived that Abu Talib had refused to give the Prophet to them, and Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam was firmed, okay, then they came back in another delegation, but this time with a different trick, trying to fool Abu Talib. They want to what they are looking for. What if Abu Talib comes in public and say, if Abu Talib comes in public and say, I am not 
protecting Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anymore, that means what? It's easily on the people of Quraysh to go and kill him. But if they kill him, this was the tribalism at that time. If they kill him while he is under the protection of Abu Talib, then Banu Hashim and Banu Abdul Talib will stand for him and will defend him. All what they are looking for is what? We need just to, you know, come to a point where he is alone. He is alone. Then this time, this time, uh, he ca they came to our Rasul to uh, Abu uh, uh, to Abu uh, Abu Talib with Amara ibn al-Walid. They have a young, handsome person, and they said, "Oh Abu Talib, this is Amara ibn al-Walid ibn al-Mughira, the brother of Khalid ibn al-Walid." And they said, the mightiest and most handsome young man among Quraysh. So, to, so take him and you will have the benefit of his intelligence and support. Adopt him as a son and give us your nephew. And give us your nephew. Who has gone against, again, the emphasizing on the same issue, trying to trick Abu Talib. Uh, who gone against your religion and the religion of your ancestors, disjoined the unity of your people and mocked our way of life so that we may kill him. This will be a man for a man. Give you like the most handsome person, strong, Umara ibn al-Walid, take him. If, if, if that's, you know, just take him and give us your son. And look at the response of Abu Talib. He replied and he said, By Allah, this is an evil bargain. Would you give me your son to feed him for you and I give you my son in return to kill him? By Allah, this shall never happen. Then there is another one, another delegate with them. His name was Al Mut'ib ibn Adi. Said, You know what? Your people were fair with you. That was a fair deal with you. They are doing their best to take away from you what you dislike. You dislike anybody to come and curse your forefathers and mock your religion and insult your gods. This is a deal. That will get rid of what you hate, what you dis dislike. Then Abu Talib said, By Allah, they have not treated me with justice. You are just, you are just betraying me and helping the people against me. So do whatever you like. Do whatever you like. Insha'Allah, I would like to stop here. And next time we'll continue on on the same subject, the attempt of Quraysh to prevent this Islam from prevailing. And next time we'll start talking about the wrong and false propaganda, propaganda about the message itself and about Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Jazakumullah khair, subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. La ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. If you have questions or comments, please. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran Tafsir and Sira are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. 
Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.